Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023 at 11.05 a.m. Central Time. Now, today's focus is knowledge or conduct. Today's focus, knowledge or conduct. I could say it knowledge or obedience. Knowledge or conduct, knowledge or obedience, how, whatever you feel more comfortable with, you can choose. Uh, which, whichever way you would like to, however you would like to describe today's focus, we're going to talk about knowledge or obedience, knowledge or conduct. And what we're going to be talking about specifically is what is the main emphasis of Scripture? What is the main purpose of Scripture? Is it to give you knowledge or is it to direct and change your conduct? Is the Bible given to increase your knowledge to give you knowledge? Or is it there to give you and lead you into obedience? Conduct. So in other words, on one side, we have knowledge. On the other side, we have conduct and obedience, whichever way you would like to describe it. Now, I think if you look at the American church, and we've talked about this a lot, I don't think there's any question at all that the American church emphasizes over and over and over obedience and conduct, obedience and conduct, conduct, do this, don't do this, 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 do this, don't do this. It seems like every sermon, the emphasis is somehow on what on you and what you're doing, what you should be doing, what you should stop doing, what you should do more of, what you should do less of. And it's, and it's always these, you know, how to do this, don't do this. It's just so much is about obedience and, and, and conduct. I, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think anyone could dispute that. I don't think anyone could argue. Now, you may not agree with the, the conduct or the obedience they're calling for. You, there may be a disagreement about that. Well, no, I don't think I have to do it. No, I, no, I think you're telling me to do that, which I think is sinful, whatever the case may be, but it's always conduct driven. In your estimation, I, I think this would be, I, I would just challenge you to consider this for today. I want you to consider that in most of the sermons you listen to, how much of it do you think is focused on your conduct and your obedience versus giving giving you knowledge of the text? What do you think the emphasis is? Knowing the text, understanding the text, or doing something, doing something obeying something. I I believe it it it, it I, I mean I cannot I've never sat down and measured it, but I always feel like by the time the sermon is over, really the the main point, even if at the beginning they, they try to give us some knowledge, maybe give us a little historical context, they may there may be an appearance that knowledge is important. But if I really look at what the sermon was leading to and what the sermon was really, really trying to drive home, I mean, what the sermon was really going for is that over and over and over and over and over again, it, it comes down to what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. That's really the emphasis. Now, I, I think I can prove that. I, I, I think that I'm right there. So I'm going to go with the, the idea. I'm going to operate from the perspective that I am correct here, that sermons typically focus on that. Now, here's, the, here, here's another question, or here's something I want you to think about. 
What is the positive and what is the negative? What is the positive of sermon after sermon after sermon emphasizing conduct and obedience versus knowledge? What is the positive of emphasizing the doing more than the knowing? And what is the negative of constantly emphasizing doing this, don't do this, do this, doing this versus the knowledge? Now, it seems that most agree that Christians today are biblically illiterate. They lack biblical knowledge. But if you look at Christians engaging, arguing, fighting on social media, a lot of the times it's arguing and fighting about, well, this is a sin and you can't do this and this is wrong and this is wrong. Now, there are those who will fight over, quote unquote, knowledge issues about what's true and what's false and what's a good doctrine, what's a bad doctrine. But what do you think are the pros and cons of this? If you sit under three years of preaching, or let's just say 12 months, 12 months of preaching and where sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon is do this, do this, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this, versus a church where you you spend 12 months sitting under its teaching and the emphasis is understand this, knowing this, what does this text mean, figuring this out, trying to under, trying to focus on knowledge. What do you think would be the pros and cons of those of those two situations? Now, I, I have ideas, but I'm really offering this to you. The reason I'm emphasizing this is because if you heard, I, well, I've been getting, getting lots of notifications this uh, morning, but I got a notification with uh, the following, it had a, a devotional in it, and the title of the devotional is Guiding Your Conduct. Now, immediately, you know where the emphasis is here, right? The scripture is Psalm 119. 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now they're immediately taking that. Okay, well, it's a lamp and it's a light and it's to guide conduct. It's to guide my walking. It's to guide my action. That, that's obviously the direction they're going to go. And then it has this. You ready? Here we go. Let me quote this. Here we go. A defining moment And my life occurred very quietly one evening in the very first Bible study group I ever attended. The leader of the study said to us, the Bible wasn't given just to increase your knowledge, but to guide your conduct. As obvious as that truth is to me, Now, at the time, it was brand new. It was if someone had turned on a light in my mind, I saw clearly what I'd been completely oblivious to before. Now, I'm not going to read any more at this moment. I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to leave the article. Now, obviously, it says the Bible wasn't given to just increase knowledge. So they're not, obviously, the person wasn't down, wasn't dismissing knowledge or disregarding it. But clearly, the emphasis here is on the conduct. So where do you think the, I've already asked you, where do you think the emphasis is? What is the pros and cons of putting the emphasis on the conduct? Here's here here's just an interesting question. What maybe maybe this is another question for you to consider today. What would be the negative consequences of obedience without knowledge? Like if you if you gave people in a sense a more a system of morality, which Christianity in most cases 
has become nothing more than a system of morality. If you gave people that system of morality, but they did not have knowledge of the actual text, they just had, you know, they knew some scriptures, they knew the Bible condemns this or condemns that. What, what do you think arises from that? What is the result of conduct, obedience, apart from true biblical theological knowledge? Do you just get moralism? Do you get Pharisees? Do you get Sadducees? Do you get self-righteous? What do you get? Let's see how, what else they have to say here. Back to the article. It wasn't that I was living what we would consider a sinful lifestyle. Quite the opposite was true. I'd grown up in a church setting, trusted Christ as my Savior, read the Bible every day, and even memorized a few Bible verses. But the idea of applying Scripture to specific situations in my daily life had never occurred to me. That night, I prayed a simple prayer. God, starting tonight, I want you to use the Bible to guide my conduct. My whole approach to the Word of God changed overnight, and the Scripture suddenly became very relevant. That was the beginning of my own personal pursuit of holiness. Now, to me, that, sound, that sounds positive to some people. To me, that sounds very, very negative, because now it seems like the goal is I'm going to look in Scripture, and I'm going to find what's relevant to me. What it tells me to, and I'm, and I'm always concerned when people do that. No, first, I, the focus should always be what do, what does the scripture mean by the words that are used to the people it was originally written to? Now, I'm not saying we ignore application. I'm not saying we ignore, but I'm saying we, we, we it's, it's such a subtle thing where you go to scriptures to find you. You go to scripture to find directions for you. You go to scripture to find, uh, uh, you know, morality for you instead of saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Okay, what was going on here? What was happening here? And, and, and maintaining the focus being on the meaning of the actual words, irregardless of you. How those words, what those words meant to the original people, irregardless of your existence. And, and, and if the word is going to be a lamp and a light, I think the, the, can't we, is it possible to say the lamp and the light? It is the knowledge that is the lamp and the light to our feet. It's not the morality. It's the knowledge of scripture. It's knowing what the scriptures say in their totality. I, I, I don't, I don't know. They, they go on to say this. Last paragraph. The Bible is indeed a very relevant book, giving instruction and guidance for our daily lives. And following this instruction, however, we're constantly faced with a series of choices. Of course, life is a constant series of choices from the time we arise in the morning until we go to bed at night. Many of these choices have moral consequences. For example, although the route you choose to drive to work each morning is probably not morally significant, the thoughts you choose to think while you're driving are moral choices as the way you choose to drive. And that's how it ends, making then everything about conduct, conduct, conduct. There's no, ba there's no balancing it out. It's morality, 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 morality. Now, this gets back to, I, I, and somewhat our long, 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 almost 100 hours discussion of law and gospel. I do believe the Bible gives us constant moral direction and laws and do this and don't do that. Over, I mean, there are hundreds of them, probably thousands of them. They're all over the place, right? But I think, how do we understand those laws? 
I think first and foremost, we have to understand that God's law will always reveal our lack of obedience to it, our lack of submission, our lack of want to. The law always reveals our sinfulness and condemns us. See, to me, it's a weird idea that I'm going to read the Bible to get all the rules so I can follow all the rules when I believe, scripturally speaking, we will never follow all the rules because whether... If we're not saved, we're spiritually dead and saved, even though we've been regenerated and made alive, we still maintain a sinful nature and we can never be perfect. We can never be holy. We can never be righteous and ourselves because we're going to fall short over and over and over. Every rule, every law, every commandment is there to constantly remind me that I can't, but Christ did. For every rule, law, Christ obeyed it on my behalf. In him, I obey it. In him, I am holy. In practice, I'm a sinner who falls short in thought, word, desire, feeling, and action. In Christ, I'm a new creature. In practice, I'm the same old sinner with the same old sinful nature that I had before my conversion. So do we look, do, it, it does, does Bible study and, and sermons just become, oh, okay, I got to leave, you know, just think of, if you were to, if you were to take a notebook and listen to sermons for an entire 12 months, and all that notebook was, was filled with all the do's and don'ts that you heard in a sermon. Okay, do this. You write the date of the sermon, the title of the sermon, right? Okay, do this. Don't do this. Do this. I shouldn't be doing this. I should feel guilty about just all of the never ending. Like, I'm, there's no other way to describe it from, if I'm going to describe it in a theological way, it's just law, 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 law. And what happens after 12 months of just being hammered with the law? I think the, I think, I think the only outcome is one, you have to first convince yourself that you're obeying it far better than you are so that you don't constantly feel broken and beaten down, discouraged and battered. You have to convince yourself, I'm doing it. I feel bad for all the people that are not. But in most cases, you have to start pretending. You have to almost like, you have to almost live a lie. You can't really be honest with what's really going on, what you're really desiring, what you're really feeling, what you're really thinking, what you're really wanting. You can't really be honest. So then you have to basically put on a robe of self-righteousness where you're deceiving yourselves. And then you almost without fail, it will lead to arrogance, pride, self-righteous, judgmental and condemning attitude of everyone and everything around you. Because anyone who, who reads the scriptures are like, well, wait a minute, I, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do this. I mean, even if we, that, that scripture that they used there was Psalm 119, right? They used Psalm 119. Let me go back to Psalm 119. Um, I don't even know where we want to begin in Psalm 119. We can just start going through Psalm 119. All right, here we go. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Are you undefiled? Do you walk in the way of the Lord? I mean, immediately we're getting confronted with what we're supposed to be doing. Well, guess what? I'm never going to be undefiled and I'm never going to truly walk in the law of the Lord. Christ did. I will never do it. That should condemn me. 
Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Do you seek God with the whole heart? Like just reading Psalm 119. If you've ever heard sermons on Psalm 119, it's like, do this, do this. This is the attitude you need about God's word. You should love God's word. You should desire God's word. You should be reading God's word. You should be meditating on God's word. You should be memorizing God's word. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. And everyone just sits there going, amen, 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 amen. Now, either they have to convince themselves that they're doing all of those things, or they have to find themselves so broken in despair that they don't know what to do. Well, very few act like they're broken in despair. So that means everyone else sits there convinced that they do enough, that they're good enough, that they're okay enough. And, and, and I guess just live a lie or become self-righteous. See, as soon as I start reading Psalm 119, I'm like, well, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. So what's my hope? That's to lead me to Christ. Christ, listen, Christ was undefiled. Christ did walk in the law of the Lord. He did keep the testimonies and he did seek the father with his whole heart. He did all of that on my behalf. I, I, by no means do I want to be dismissive of obedience. No, 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 in no way, shape or form do I want to be dismissive of conduct because we are called obviously to live a certain way. We are called to do that. We are called to speak, to think a certain way, speak a certain way, feel a certain way, desire for a certain way, and act a certain way. The scriptures are filled with that. I will never deny that in any way, shape, or form. One, though, I think we have the Bible that the action has to flow from the right knowledge. So we need right knowledge, which then can guide us into right behavior. I don't think behavior is separate from the knowledge. I think the behavior should flow from the knowledge. I think that's first and foremost. And second, I think I need to understand all of the scriptures that say do this and don't do that are really meant to expose the fact that I don't so that I will flee to the comfort, peace, and hope of the cross and of an imputed righteousness. But I understand why why so much of preaching and so much of teaching goes in this direction. Because the audience, there's an ex, built-in expectation. The people don't sit, typically want to sit in the pew and listen to you struggle and, and work through difficult theological concepts, difficult issues about the, like, what is the text trying to say here? Well, this is an entry. Look at this structure and trying to work through. They want something, just give them something practical. It's almost like it's built into their mind. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Give me three points and get me out of here. Knowledge or conduct, knowledge and obedience, knowledge or obedience. Now, one, they should not be set against each other. And I'm not saying that that devotional was attempting to set them against each other, but clearly the emphasis was on the doing, the doing, the applying, apply scripture, application, 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 application. And I used to emphasize application, 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 application. I used to emphasize that a lot. And I still believe in application. 
But I just have now realized maybe what's most important is observation, observing what the text actually says, who it says it to, what's actually going on, who was it originally for, trying to under observe what's really going on, and then trying to interpret based off that in-depth observation. And then we get to the application. But even in the application, the application has to be, oh my, I don't do this. I fall short of it. Like the application is first just to acknowledge how much we don't do what we see in Scripture, how how far we fall short of it constantly, which then should drive us to Christ. What do you think the emphasis is? Why? Why? And 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 I mean, I just I just want you to just really give thought to really your your church experience, your sermon listening experience. Where is the focus? Is it do this, don't do this, do this, do this, or is it on knowing? Now, there, there seems to be no disagreement that the church right now is struggling in general with biblical literacy, that, that people are biblically illiterate, but they're still running around yelling and screaming about this is sinful and this is wrong. And this. they still have the moral system. Like, I don't think Christians, I think whatever biblical illiteracy is rampant in the church. The the quote-unquote moral system is very there, and we're still yelling and screaming about, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. All right. That that's that's your today's focus. That's your today's focus. I just I just happened to be sitting here and that's the notification I got right when I sat down to go live. I I I I had my focus on other things, but well, whatever whatever comes in at the very last second wins. So I, I don't know how we find that balance. I don't know how we find that balance. I I think I look, I've I've said it so many times in my Christian life, the most important word for your Christian life is balance. And trying to find the balance. Because some people want to focus on the knowledge and ignore the action. Like, they don't even care about the action. They don't even care about obedience. They don't even seem to care about, uh, you know, conduct. They, 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 that seems to be knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And then others seem to, seem to be, it's obedience and conduct, obedience and conduct. I think most preaching is obedience and conduct driven. And they, it, it's only, we just throw out a, a just kind of like we throw out just a few words just to kind of say, well, we do care about knowledge. And I don't I don't think we I, I think that's just more for show. I think I think that the when you when you when you finally get to where the emphasis is, it will be on doing. And 2000 years of a lot of sermons on do this and don't do this. I don't think it turns out more moral people. I don't think it turns out more godly people. I, I, don't, I just don't think it does. I think it turns out people pretending to be more godly because, well, that's the expectation. And they can't be open and honest with what they really are. And then they become self-righteous. And then they become condemning and judgmental instead of being broken, humbled, and resting in the finished work of Christ. All right. You can tell me what you think. News, if at yahoo.com. News if at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. I do apologize uh, if this is not what you really wanted to hear today, but it just kind of fell in my lap. So there you go. News if at yahoo.com. News if at yahoo.com. 
Everyone have a great day. I was getting ready to end, but you know what? This is a Today's Focus episode, so we can't end until we say this. That was your Today's Focus for Tuesday, April the 18th, 2023.